This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Program. If you're watching or listening, welcome. I'm the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. Please go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Check it out. As well as study Eagles Saving Nations and become a member today. We have to have another great awakening. If we don't have another great awakening, we are going to lose the republic. And I'm telling you, millions of people are going to die. You won't believe. Some people can't comprehend unless you're doing study, unless you're listening on independent news. How sinister, how evil man has become, even governments. They're all in bed with a new world order. They want to depopulate the world. A lot of these things they're trying to tell you that is supposed to prevent disease is causing disease. You need to really understand the signs of the times and attend a church where the pastor is in tune with reality and teaching you to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, being salt, not going along with the flow. Because society right now has influenced the church, and the church was the one that was supposed to influence society. We were supposed to be the moral compass of society, of the government. We're supposed to correct them and guide them. Instead, it seems like anything they say, we just follow suit. We have been led by the Pied Piper, and we're going off the cliff. In the studio with me also is Dr. Buckhart. He's been with me since 1998, dean over our Bible schools. Used to be an airline pilot with Northwest Airlines, flew the jumble jets, and he understands the situation as far as if you don't know how to fly a plane, you crash. Seems like people behind the pulpit don't know how to, if you want to say, guide a church and we're crashing. EJ? I agree with that 100%. I just want to ask people, you know, Eagle Saving Nations, I'm sure you've looked on the website and seen it, but you need to take this seriously. As a pilot... We train very consistently for emergencies, engine failures, fires, everything else that can happen. We're highly trained for that area to expect the incident to happen. But when you get in that airplane and you're sitting there and you pull out on the runway, you take those four throttles in your hand and you push those forwards. And I always did myself. I pray, Lord, be with this flight and give us a safe flight to have God behind me. But at the same time, if you just don't think, oh, I'll just push the throttles forward and everything will be fine. You have to be prepared because that engine could fail. And you're looking at the possibilities. If you're not ready for it, you could easily end up crashing an airplane. You have to be prepared. Eagle Savings Nation is preparing us for a possible crash. Do we want the crash? No. But we have to go and train, be ready to able to handle that particular incident that may happen. I remember one incident I had flying the airplane. We had taken off out of Osaka, Japan, headed back to Detroit, Michigan. The other captain and co-pilot had gone back for the rest. We have two captains and two co-pilots. We split the flight. And they'd just gone back to rest. And all of a sudden, a flight attendant comes up and says, uh, a passenger's complaining to me. He sees sparks coming out of the number three engine. Well, that automatically starts your mind to thinking. So the first thing I did, I said I had the pilot call the other captain and co-pilot up. So they came into the cockpit. They looked back there, and they saw the flashes. Now... 
we called the company, and the company says, what you want to do, I want you to land at Tokyo. Turn around, go back, and or land at Tokyo. And I looked at the other captain, and I says, you know, something here doesn't seem right. All the engines are running good. The instruments are running good. Everything's running good. No sign of anything. And I says, we'd have to dump fuel. And why dump fuel? If we can fly for another two hours, and if we still have the problem, the engine running, and we have to go back, well, we saved all that fuel. And I called the company, and the company said, no, we want you to go back. And I, I overrode the company. I says, no. And the co-pilot came back. He says, you know what, EJ? He says, I remember a mechanic telling me they put a certain type of a glue on certain things in the engine. And if that were to come out, it would leave sparks. So what he was seeing as the sun was setting behind us, he saw these sparks flying out of the engine. It wasn't fire. It was just sparks. And I said, well, why don't we wait until dark? Well, when it got dark, everything was fine. We flew on, continued back to Detroit, and landed safely. You know, you have to plan. When you have an emergency coming at you like we have here in America, in Eagle Saving Nations, we have to plan ahead and be ready for that. And the pastors at the present time, if your pastor is not willing to work on this issue, Lord, to understand the signs of the time, as you as members of your congregation, you ask the pastor or demand the pastor that he gets involved. And if he doesn't, then you find a pastor that will and join that church and join someone so and have them come and join Eagle Saving Nations. We need to save this country. We are living in a very serious times. If you look at the paper, the abominations going on in this country, God does not like. I don't know how he's even lasting as long as he did with all the abominations. And we talked about that early in another program. But it's time for us to be prepared for those times that are coming so we can have a safe journey and a safe landing. Once again, go to my website, please, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. And study the goals of the agenda. What we're trying to do with Eagles Amen. Saving Nations. Once again, we want to get into the stadiums, NFL stadiums, NBA stadiums, other stadiums and countries around the world because every nation is coming under the pressure of the world elite, of the new world order, the United Nations, and they're trying to bring us into a one world government. The goal of Eagles Saving Nations, get into the stadiums. Let's give teaching, strategy, exhortation. Let the power of the Holy Spirit come down like at the day of Pentecost where Peter, when he was a coward, when he lied, when he hid, when he ran. Instead, after he was baptized, he came forth with power and authority and truth again, took away deception. 3,000 people were saved Amen. because he no longer was intimidated. Today, the church is intimidated. They have to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, the purpose of Eagles saving nations, to save America, because the church right now is keeping its mouth shut other than isolated churches. But generally speaking, you don't hear the voice of the church. The government is becoming the moral yardstick of the nation, and the church is supposed to be the moral yardstick. Instead, the government is telling us what to believe, and we're following suit, like homosexuality, alternate lifestyles. This is so sinful. It's apostate. It's heretical. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to have another great awakening or the science of judgment is going to happen. And I'm telling you, we're going to lose our freedoms because they're trying to have a communistic takeover right now. We're going to lose our freedoms and the church is the bullseye unless they compromise. A lot of the churches are compromising. They're going to be puppets of the new world order. But if you're going to stand strong for Jesus Christ and not compromise, you will be persecuted. You will be arrested and you will probably be killed. 
Again, you're listening to World Ministries International. This is the Warning Program with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. EJ, what do you think of those comments? I agree with 100%, and I'm thinking when you're talking about Pentecost came to my mind in the church. After Pentecost, after the Spirit fell upon Peter, he became a tremendous man of God. And I think the church has forgotten about the Holy Spirit. Even though every church celebrates Pentecost, I don't think they really understand the true nature of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes in and moves in your life, changes your life, and turns the church around from going the worldly order. We need a Pentecost within the church, a filling of the Holy Spirit to come back into the church and allow the church, allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct them, not the government, not the socialism, not the customs of the government, but the Holy Spirit needs to drive and guide us in all that we do. Then we can have victory. I'm going to read a couple paragraphs from my article written March 2013. Again, go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. You can sign up for my free pastoral articles that come out twice a month. But again, the religious left and the lukewarm churches. Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. This truth explains why America is losing its soul. It explains why the United States of America has lost the battle in most arenas of government, education, entertainment, media, art, business, and religion. The church is divided. The Christian community has lost its first love, the unadulterated truth of Jesus Christ as the Messiah and the Bible as the authentic expression of God's character, morality, and will to mankind. This must be accepted as absolute truth to guide the nation's laws, politics, television programs, school curriculum, etc. Instead, the majority of Christians either attend churches with a Marxist slant or they attend churches where their pastors have lost their first love and do not have the faith or strength to lead their congregations with absolute truth. These pastors now compromise their role as spiritual and moral leaders of a nation. Consequently, America continues to be led by people with an ideology in direct contradiction of the Word of God. These spineless pastors do nothing but pray as they cannot lead. Prayer by itself is a sin and a coward's way out of avoiding the responsibility of fulfilling the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. We're commanded to make disciples by speaking, preaching, teaching, and correcting, not avoiding conflict and persecution. EJ? Yes, that's so true. And as you were talking, I think Christianity today in the churches, it seems as though most members of churches, it's a once a week, one to two hours on Sunday, and that's the Christianity. The rest of the week, they go about their normal business, and what do you do then? You just hear everything that's going on in the world. You don't have Christ speaking to you. You have the world speaking to you. And if you only give a few hours a week to the Lord, this is what's going to happen to your nation. This is what's going to happen within the church. The church is going to be dead, except on that Sunday morning. It may be a little bit alive, but then it dies down when they leave that church. Even though I'm a strong advocate of being under authority, I think that some denominations can become led by doctrines of demons, which change the scriptures and become rebellious against the absolute truth found in the Bible. As I explained in my article, Christianity and Capitalism versus Marxism and the Green Agenda, we are in a war of trying to remain a republic under God with inalienable rights for the individual to pursue life, liberty, property, and happiness. 
The alternative is a Marxist ideology that pushes the state elite in charge of people, serfs, like the operating in communist countries where the people are controlled to supposedly preserve the environment by taking away people's rights, liberty, and property. In such, the elite live as kings at the expense of the inferior serfs. In these countries, true-born again believers are persecuted by other Christians who turn them into the state or in turn arrest them for not complying with the government beast laws. This is what the book of Revelation warns will happen to any nation where the church fails to be salt, leading the nation under Jesus Christ, Matthew 5, 13. E.J.? Yeah, that goes in the line with discernment. The church and the pastors, we have to have discernment to see through the lies and deceptions of the enemy because what we're seeing now in the world, especially here in the United States, is the deception, the lies of the enemy, and the church is not seeing that deception. And even in the Bible, it says at the end times, even if my elect could be deceived. So in other words, God knew that there's coming a time where even the elect, if they're not careful and they don't have discernment, they don't have filled with the Holy Spirit, they can be deceived. And we're seeing that deception alive. Well, we're seeing again church rise against church and coming against godly pastors that stand up for the truth. I remember I spoke for the National Day of Prayer in our community, as you know, seven out of nine years. And just a solid godly message backing God's morality, Judeo-Christian values and beliefs, America as far as a nation under God, and who would come against me? A couple pastors. Not the heathen, not the pagan. I had a standing ovation, but yet a couple pastors, EJ. Well, who came against Jesus? It was the religious leaders that came against Jesus. We have to kind of expect it's going to be religious leaders coming against us. And we have to understand that denominationalism is of the devil. That divides unity. In a church that says we're supposed to have unity, we're supposed to gather as one. And this church is so split through denominationalism that we think our denomination is correct, theirs is wrong, but we don't want anything to do with them. What we're supposed to do is enjoy Jesus and let Jesus be our unity. Well, what I was really getting at is Christians cooperating with the government and coming against other Christians that will stand up for Judeo-Christian values and not compromise, like we don't believe in alternate lifestyles. Right. Yet, a lot of churches will back the government oh, yeah. and call up and turn you in, EJ. Yeah, that's very true, and I think that's... We're going to see that more and more. Matter of fact, if you just look at the news in the last month, we're seeing that where Christians, like a young boy, took his Bible to school and he got kicked out because he took his Bible to school and a lady that prayed silently in front of an abortion clinic and they arrested her and she was just praying silently. She wasn't even praying verbally. She was just praying and they're coming against Christians like you cannot believe. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is World Ministries International. You're watching the warning program. I'm Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International and Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. See what we have in Eagles Saving Nations. Sign up for it. Be a member of it. We've got to have a national revival, a great awakening. Again, worldministries.org. You can give... I do encourage you to give so we can continue these type of programs on your local radio television station. You need to join Eagle Saving Nations. My phone number, 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Once again, 
5248. A guest, Dr. E.J. Buckhart, Reverend Buckhart, and uh, we're discussing the religious left and lukewarm churches. I'm using as my guideline an article I wrote clear back in March 2013. It's like I wrote it today. The communist organization known as the Federal Council of Churches is the forerunner of the National Council of Churches with its Geneva parent organization, the World Council of Churches. The NCC leads dozens of Protestant Orthodox Anglican denominations, including Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Evangelical Lutheran, United Methodist, and many others. There are good people attending these churches, yet it does explain why many of the pastors are so liberal backing the United Nations with anti-Judeo-Christian morality agenda of abortion, homosexuality, and all religions serving the same God. Again, mainline churches. What did we just read they were under? The Federal Council of Churches, a communist organization. They back sin. They back abortion, homosexuality. These are half of the churches in America. EJ? It's interesting. When you're talking about this, I think about people that call in that have never just heard your messages on the radio or on the, on the television. They call up and they said, man, why aren't people preaching like this? We don't ever hear this thing. We don't hear this type of a message. And, and knowing what we're seeing in our society, this is what they need to hear. Thank you for giving the message out. So people listening, hey, tune in and tell your friends about it because here you're getting the truth. And the truth is what sets us free. That is what we need to hear. And give it, we need your, all you help to do is continue to get this message out because people need to hear it. It's that simple. Also, refer to my article, The Christian's Great Commission. It explains the responsibility of pastors, according to Romans chapter 13, to hold civil governments responsible to a higher authority, not cooperating with governments that contradict the word of God. Today, we have many pastors who are worthless pawns of a corrupt government, causing the people to back morality instead of, and I'm talking about the world's morality, which is immorality, according to the Bible, instead of rising up against it to ensure freedom. EJ? Yeah, in the, you know, the churches nowadays that, that I know of or speak of, they speak about love. You know, Jesus is love. God is love. He's got unconditional love for us. And they talk about love, love, love. But they forget the fact that God is a God of judgment. And this is where our ministry comes in, is the fact that we teach that, yes, God loves us, but he's also a God of judgment. He does not put up with uh, immorality and all of these sorts of things, homosexuality, abortion. I mean, that is totally against him. And uh, you can love these people that are involved in it. Yeah, we have to do that. But we cannot approve of what their lifestyle is when it goes against the word of God. And so we need to stand strong and we help hope people stand with us because this is what can save this nation. The government, communist governments always tell you, listen to Romans 13. <laughs> yeah. But they don't tell you that Romans 13 tells us to hold governments to a higher authority. That's God. Right. And if governments don't follow God, we're supposed to disobey the government. And the government's what supposed do you to think, be good. What do you think the American Revolution was all about? <laughs> Disobeying a higher authority government, right. yep. but obeying God. Right. See, this is not taught properly. Correct. Originally, this country had pastors who led the fight for freedom. Oh, yeah. Black Brigade. The pastors were the politicians, and in the educational institutions were backing absolute 
truth as taught in the Bible. People fled the old world where they were controlled and persecuted for worshiping Jesus, and they came to the new world, which became the United States of America, forming a nation where they could prosper under the laws of God. Again, pastors understood what made a nation prosper. They understood that the Bible gave individuals inalienable rights under God so they could own property and be free men. They formed the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which protect citizens from any other form of ideology which could be used to enslave people. Ladies and gentlemen, we are under direct attack. E.J.? Yes, and I, when you talked about the Black Brigade, uh, the pastors in the pulpit, and they had on their black robes, and then when they got done preaching, they took off the black robes, grabbed their rifles, and they went to get the freedom for this nation. And freedom is not free. It never will be free. It costs people's lives. But we're willing to sacrifice our lives to get this truth out. Again, they formed the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, which protects citizens from any other form of ideology which could be used to enslave people's freedom by taking away their liberty and their property. When Britain tried taxation without representation and planned to force these free men to come under the yoke of slavery, the pastors led the charge to be a republic under God's government through absolute truth taught in the Bible. The pastors, as you Amen. said, the Black Robe Brigade, the pastors led it and became the officers in the American Revolution. Yes, you also mentioned the word republic. Uh, we're listening to a government now that says we, the Republicans, or Doc, uh, President Trump is trying to destroy the democracy. Well, we stop to think. Democracy is a rule of the masses. So the Democratic Party wants to be a democracy. They want to be ruling that way. Where republic is not that way. And so people have to be careful. Yes, we're, we're, we were, we're for a republic, not for a democracy. And so you got to understand when they use their word democracy, it's coming against anything that's biblical because our biblical, our, our country and constitution is found on biblical principles. Again, we're supposed to be under a republic, meaning under a God, a true God is Amen. taught in the Bible, not mob rule where people can do what's wrong. And just because there's more people wanting to commit immorality like Sodom and Gomorrah, then we have to follow it. No, we're supposed to be under God. And that's the difference. We're supposed to be a republic. Amen. Now, the following quote is taken from the May 2012 Tribulation Watch newsletter. At the beginning of the American Revolution, when Paul Revere set off on his famous ride, it was to the home of Reverend Jonas Clark in Lexington. Patriots leaders like John Hancock and Adams turned to a pastor, Clark, and inquired of him whether the people were ready to fight. Clark unhesitantly replied, I have trained them for this very hour. And once the sound of the battle subsided, some 18 American lay on Lexington Green. Seven were dead, all from Reverend Clark's church. Headley, therefore, concluded, the teachings of the pulpit of Lexington caused the first blow to be struck for American independence, and historian James Adams added that the patriotic preaching of the Reverend Jonas Clark primed those guns. E.J.? 
Amen. It's, you know, the word of the gospel says you must deny yourself. In other words, you must die to yourself and live for the Lord. Here's that pastor who said they're willing to die so that we could have our freedom. God says we're supposed to die to ourselves, so therefore we can fight the battle because we don't have to worry about our life. We know where we're going to end up, so we can fight the battle. If you die to yourself, how many people are willing to die to themselves? Very few. After leaving Lexington, the British crossed the Concord Bridge, then headed back to Boston, encountering the increasing American resistance on their return. Significantly, many who awaited the British along the road were local pastors, local pastors, which became known as the Black Robe Brigade Regiment. Pastors such as the Reverend Phillips Payton and Reverend Benjamin Bolch, who had heard the unprovoked British attack on Americans, took up arms and then rallied their congregations to meet the returning British. A word of the attack spread wide and wider. Pastors from other areas also responded. Weeks later, when Americans fought the British at Bunker Hill, American ministers again delved headlong into the fray. For example, when Reverend David Grossvener got head, that battle had commenced when he heard it. He left his pulpit, rifle in hand, promptly marched to the scene of action, as did the Reverend Jonathan French. This pattern was common throughout the revolution, as where the Reverend Thomas Reed marched to defense of Philadelphia against the British General Howe. The Reverend John Steele led American forces in attacking the British. The Reverend Isaac Lewis helped lead the resistance to the British landing at Norwalk, Connecticut. The Reverend Joseph Williard raised two full companies and then marched with them to battle. The Reverend James Latta, which many of his parishioners were drafted, joined with them as a common soldier. Did you hear this, EJ? The British were defeated because the church, the pastors, led the charge for freedom. They didn't keep their mouth shut. This is a call to you pastors out there. Our freedom in America was fought for by pastors. If we want this country to be free, pastors, wake up. Wake up and fight the battle. Pastor just read a whole bunch of ministers that fought this battle for our freedom. Are you going to fight the battle for our freedom, or are you going to let us lose it? Pastors, it's in your hands. You've got to wake up and fight the battle. Ladies and gentlemen, the pastors of America in the past led freedom's charge. If the republic is going to continue to be free, they must lead it again, or the soul of America is lost, and so is freedom. Amen. Pastor, are you going to be a godly leader to keep America leading the cause of freedom and liberty throughout the world? Or are you going to be a redcoat and cooperate with a Marxist ideology and philosophy of politicians who are working against the spirit and the laws of God, who are working to destroy the morality and freedoms of the republic, ushering in persecution to loyal patriarchs and pastors by changing America toward a socialistic communistic Marxist government. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching, listening to the warning program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. My website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Once again, worldministries.org. 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. You can go on my website or telephone and join Eagle Saving Nations, Amen. as well as give us your very best love offering so we can stay on your local radio and television station. 
If you want to send me a check, send it to World Amen. Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. God bless you.